You are listening to Revealing Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into getting over your fear of taking risk in real estate and making money while you sleep. I'm Nico Pedizano, your host and real estate guru with over 20 years of experience. It's time to get real. I have Tom Volano here from Owl Mortgages. We're going to talk about the current state of the interest rates. We have a big announcement that's going to be taking place tomorrow. And we're going to be talking about consumer debt uh, report that just came out for 2023. Mm-hmm which is going to be uh, something that is on a lot of Canadians' minds and how they're dealing with the financial strain that's currently happening that we've talked about many times with Vince Gaetano on the show. And what we're going to be talking about today is what's happening with the Bank of Canada's announcement tomorrow and are interest rates going to start climbing upwards or are they going to stay stable for the next quarter? Tom, what's your opinion on that? And can you give our viewers a little bit of understanding of what's going to happen with sure, that? Sure, for sure. Thanks for having me on again, Nick. Uh, always a pleasure to, to do these uh, always <laughs> these uh, podcasts. As nerve-wracking as they are. Eh? With you. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, get, I take great pleasure in, uh, in talking about this stuff. But uh, yeah, so big day tomorrow. We have uh, Bank of Canada makes uh, another rate announcement, uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. You know, just, you know, reading and, and you know, trying to keep up to date on everything rate and mortgage related. Uh, you know, there's a big consensus that uh, the bank may stand firm uh, for one more month. You know, the April numbers were that inflation had increased slightly uh, and not enough to really um, have a knee-jerk reaction to, to raise rates right away, but uh, there was a slight increase. Uh, again, it's I don't think it's enough to, to warrant another quarter point or half point increase. Uh, and I think the consensus among a lot of um, economists is that it's going to stay flat for one more month. And depending on what happens between, you know, now and when they make the next announcement in terms of inflation, uh, we may see an increase in, in July. So, I mean, the street uh, is is that rates are going to stay firm, the overnight rate tomorrow. We are starting to see a uh, an increase in, in uh, fixed rates go up. So... I'd say for the last uh, four to six weeks, uh, rates have been pretty aggressive. A lot of the banks have been dropping their uh, their midterm, you know, two, three, and four year rates. Uh, lots of renewals coming up in the market, and people have been, you know, capitalizing on taking some fairly aggressive fixed term rates, but shorter term, mm-hmm. so the two, three, and four year term. But we've seen a turnaround in that in the last, um, you know, five to seven days, where uh, even short term. Fixed rates have been starting to to increase, uh, and we've seen those increase anywhere between uh, 15 and 40 basis points across uh, some of our different lenders. And is that the banks taking it from their own perspective to say, hey, they did it, where they're going to start raising the rates for themselves, knowing that the Bank of Canada is keeping rates pretty stable right now? They decided to to kind of start raising rates on their own? Well, basically, the fixed rates are closely tied to bond rates. Uh, So when there's an increase in the bond rates, whether they're short-term or long-term bonds, that's when we reflected in, in fixed rate mortgages. There's been an increase in in the shorter term bond rates, bond yields. That gets reflected in the mortgage rates. Now, you know, most banks normally raise a lot easier than they do to uh, reduce the rate. So, for example, if if we see bond rates start to drop a little bit, chances are they're not going to start dropping the the short term or even the fixed ter- rates right away. They usually wait a while before they start dropping those. They, they want to see a trend and see that there's a continuous sort of flat spot where they're not increasing even minimal increase to, to, to lower that rate. Yeah, I personally think that the rates will have to stay the same for, for at least another quarter for sure. I don't see the real estate market in general is really kicking off really well. 
despite the fact of what a lot of the media was saying and, and you know, was always doing gloom and the recession was here and everything was just kind of, uh, everybody was worried, sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what was going to happen with the real estate market and, and all. As you know, we've seen uh, incremental jumps when it comes to, to rates in the housing market and things are moving really good, uh, especially at the lower price point, anything under 1.5 or lower in that evaluation. We're still seeing a lot of multiple offers happening. Homes are still selling in a week. You know, when you get to $3 million, that $3 million was the old $4 million pre-COVID. But, you know, there's reports coming out from the 2023 consumer debt report. And there's a lot of talk about it that you're hearing about how Canadians have absorbed so much of now more debt because the cost of goods and how much they've increased. If you look at the household debt ratio in comparison to any other country in the G7, Canada actually sits as having the most household debt uh, in the G7 itself, uh, which makes things very vulnerable from a global perspective, right? You know, it, it could make almost sometimes for an economic crisis. So when you have now interest rates that actually do increase, mm -hmm. you can create further major complications in the market itself that are going to create bigger problems, right? Would, you, would you Would you agree to that? I agree 100%. Uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, the banks are partly at fault for that. You know, in Canada, it's, e it's easy compared to some of the other G7 nations to access equity. So, for example, you know, we see it firsthand in, in southern Ontario here where you know, people will refinance their home and whether it's to, you know, fund a vacation, fund a vacation home or fund some type of some other activity. Uh, it's easy to gain access to your, your equity in your home in order to do that. Right. Right. Uh, mind you, it's not always the best advice to give to people, but because it's become sort of a ingrained in, in the way people take when they first take out a mortgage, you know, they start with a simple mortgage and then. You know, the banks, a lot of times the bank will offer them a, a line of credit, uh, so similar to a HELOC, right? Right. And, uh, you know, this sort of aids in their spending. I've noticed, though, in the past year with the rise of interest rates and inflation, people are relying on that sort of as a cash flow uh, for them as well. So instead of really using it for, for the vacation properties or to go on vacation or purchase a, a new car or or, you know, help send their kids to school, they're using it more to, to, for day-to-day -day living because, you know, the cost of bread has gone up, the, the cost of a, a basket of, of goods has gone up. Uh, they've had to rely on that equity in order to live, basically, uh, right? Yeah. And usually the rates in, in, a, in an equity line is are much less than, for example, on a credit card. So I think people are more likely to start using the equity out of their home as opposed to a credit card. Yeah, and we're finding that happen, but credit card debt is really high up there from based on the consumer report that just came out. We're talking that you've seen consumer debt top $2.36 trillion right now in Canada, and it's up by 7.3% from last year. Those are some staggering numbers yeah. because what it's saying to me and what it's actually, you know, from my interpretation of what I'm reading, Canadians are resilient. So I feel that Canadians will go out there and find ways to continue to pay down their mortgages or make sure that their mortgage is paid first, right? You know, people, yeah. people buy mortgages, Default, right? Defaults are, are very low. Uh, I mean, we're not seeing a lot of power sales. I don't know if you, you probably, you have access to Treb, you probably see that a lot I don't more see a lot of them. No, yeah. I don't. So, I don't. So people find a way to make their payments, whether it's borrowing from family, uh, you know, dipping into their savings. Uh, I'm yeah. sure, you know, 
uh, you know, we had the debt report come out from Equifax today. Yep. I'm sure there's going to be a report uh, soon to just to talk about people that are relying on, you know, maybe when they put money away for a rainy day, uh, you know, now they're actually having to use it, whether it's in a, a, you know, an RSP or even TFSAs. Now they're having to dip into it in order to, to sort of keep up with uh, paying their bills and, and just day-to-day living costs. Yeah, and that's my worry where I think, you know, when it comes to the feds and raising the rates, uh, and the Bank of Canada, they have to really ear on the side of caution mm-hmm. right now. And that's why I think that the rates will maintain to stay like this for the remainder of the year. I don't see any real further increases really starting to happen myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just an opinion. I'm not a professional within that field. Yeah. My job is to sell real estate. And if you want to know what the value of your home is, give me a call. Yeah. But I'll, I will rely on guys like yourself and Vince Gaitano that are part uh-huh. of the team to help surround me and all that stuff. I just feel that if you start making these now incremental bumps, it's going to tip people over the edge. And then you really start seeing the foreclosures and the power sales or the really distressed sales that are yeah. going to start to happen, right? I agree. I mean, we're on the front lines, Nick, like yourself. You know, we, yeah. we meet with the clients. We talking to them on a daily basis. We see what a quarter point increase in a rate does to their to people's spending uh, and habits, then, And right? then how about employment too, yeah. right? Unemployment is starting to rise. Uh, apparently, it's at 6.8%. Still strong. Right. Our employment numbers are still strong, right. uh, yeah. which, you know, which is another contributing factor with inflation, right? So, you know, more people working just means that they're still driving the prices higher than they should be. But again, it's very delicate. I agree with you. Again, being on the front line, we see this on a daily basis. You know, we're we're the ones answering the calls uh, when clients are saying, well, what should I do? I have a mortgage coming up for renewal. I've always been variable. Should I stay variable? Should I go fixed? Um, you know, and, and, you know, you gotta take that time to, to sort of sit down and, and go through what their lives are going to look like, whether it's a fixed or a variable mortgage, right. uh, you know, what to expect, you know, if rates, if you were to lock into a, a fixed rate and, you know, for lack of a better term, being married to that rate for the next, whatever, two, three or four or five years and how it's going to affect their lifestyle. Should rates come down, they want to, you know, saying, you know, I should have waited. Right. But again, there's lots of options out there, you know, Going five-year fixed or going three-year fixed is not the answer for everybody. Uh, and it's, you know, looking at everyone's on a case-by-case basis and, and making that recommendation, especially on a renewal right now. Um, you know, a lot of people can't move their mortgage to another bank. You know, years ago when it was easier to qualify, it's easy to move a mortgage around uh, from one institution to another. But now with the qualifying rate being being where they are, it's made it a little more difficult. So a lot of people are just renewing with their existing bank. They may not have the best options with them, but it might be the sort of the, the path of least resistance for the time being in order to wait for rates to come down and the qualifying rate to change as well. I want to talk about the, kind of the state of Canadians' personal financing. And and I was looking at the Consumer uh, Index report, and there was, there was something that really stood out to me. And I'm just going to repeat it kind of word per word on it. And it says here, admiss inflation... The rate hikes in 2022, Canadians are more likely to feel worse off now than better. While levels of confidence and anxiety about personal financing are similar from one year ago, specific circumstances of Canadians have notably changed. Canadians struggled more in 2022 because of cost, whereas in 2021 or 2020, it had more to do with economic uncertainty. While job instability has been much less of an issue over the past 12 months, Spending more on essentials has become an even bigger reason for Canadians' worsening financial situation. With more than half ranking, it is as the number one contributing factor 
Also notable is a significant increase in spending on non-essentials over the past year. Mm -hmm. So spending on these essential goods, despite the rise of inflation itself, just the cost of living through lifestyle is becoming very expensive. And people are using a lot of their MasterCards right now just Mm -hmm. to hold them off. You can get a lot of cash back from these MasterCards too. And what they'll do is they'll take cash back and sometimes use that as leverage and then just continue paying those interest rates every single month, riding it out, hopefully that this interest rate is going to change or the economy will change to kind of start decreasing in the cost of these goods. I just don't think that's happening. If I look at the commercial sector in the industrial space, the rent they're currently charging, that landlords are currently charging today at $20 a square foot for a building that's 50, 60, 100,000 square feet, Mm -hmm. the warehousing to store that product is expensive for the manufacturer. And when he has to now redistribute that price, he's gonna put the cost of now the rates for the for wholesaling all the goods inside or warehousing into, in, the, in, product. into the product. And all of a sudden you get these goods that go up and these guys sign terms of five year, 10 year leases. So I don't see these goods really coming down anytime soon, despite the fact of inflation coming down as well within the price points itself. It's just that the cost of rentable space in the real estate market has become so expensive Mm -hmm. on it. And you deal with a lot of consumers today. You have those conversations. Do you see the struggles? Are you feeling the struggles with them right now? Again, yeah. I mean, it's, I think in the past, people were, people were really focused on rate. And, um, you know, there was always a sort of, you know, what's the best rate I can get on any type of mortgage term. Uh, And they were really always focused on rate, focused on rate. Uh, Now I think more often than not, they're looking at their payments and working backwards from there and saying, okay, what can I afford on a monthly basis? And what's my best option in terms of rate in order to get that price point? So you're almost working backwards and, and, you know, having to break down the transaction that way there. Say, okay, this is your... This is your, your budget. This is what you budget for a mortgage. Right. Uh, maybe the five year is not the term for you. Maybe the one year or the two year, or the variable is the term for you for the time being until until the rates were to come down or until inflation or the cost of goods were to come down as well. Again, we're seeing a trend against going with, uh, you know, that regular five year fixed rate. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, when, when people are asking me cash flow purposes, right? You know, if they have a HELOC or something, a mortgage that's got a, a line of credit attached to it, you know, I'm, I'm advising people or, or, you know, suggesting maybe you just leave it floating on a line of credit uh, for the time being, right? And, you know, it gives you a little more flexibility because it's an interest-only it payment. Is, right. yeah. uh, but it also, it allows you to sort of act quickly and efficiently if the rates were to come down. Uh, you can always take a portion of your line of credit and lock it into, you know, let's say the, the five-year rates come down to a level where you're more comfortable locking it in we can always lock in a portion of it or we can lock in the entire amount into that five-year fixed mortgage or the variable or the one-year, two-year, whatever whatever sort of uh, is going to help you on a month-to-month basis in terms of uh, budgeting and making payments. So that's, you know, that's an option for a lot of uh, renewals coming up uh, over the next, uh, you know, I'd say six to 12 months yeah, uh, until we see rates start to come yeah, down. Yeah, there's a big number of renewals that are going to be coming out uh, this year for, for 2023. So I'd be curious to see kind of what positions people would, would either want to move forward with. Either you go with the variable or do you go with the fixed at this point in time. One of our viewers are listening right now and they're in that position and they need to renew their mortgage. What would you advise at this point in time? Would you consider still running with a short-term fix? Again, I, I like 
I always suggest the lowest rate possible, whether it's a one year, two year, three year, four year, five year, take the lowest rate. So hold on uh, a second. So the vari- what's the variable rate right now? Again, it, var- it varies across different institutions, right? We have some that are prime plus, f- uh, let's say five basis points, or then some of them are prime minus what's the 30 prime or 40. Now? Just six, for viewers on this 6.7% is the is posted the prim- variable rate. 6.7%. And then, yeah, wow. exactly. And different banks sort of negotiate from there, whether it's plus basis points or minus basis points. Enjoying this episode? Leave us a review letting us know what you want to learn next and make sure you're following our podcast to be the first to hear our new episodes every Friday. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for full video and behind the scenes access. But 6.7, it's high. I mean, it, it, it's the highest level I've ever seen uh, well, since I've been in the industry. It's high, but it's still cheap money. Correct. Right? Correct. Like, you know, when it's, I'm, in, in comparison to what the norm we're is used and, to pay. and what you exactly, used to pay, yeah. 2% to 3%. Exactly. You won't see those days for a very long time. Probably until the end of 2024 and into 2025, we'll start to see a little more aggressive. uh, But what can that be? That'll drop down to four, right? Three and a half, four. Well, they're calling for the Bank of Canada to be at three and a half percent by the end of 2024, the overnight rate. So the the variable rate? The variable rate, correct. So that's, you know, you're still looking at high five, uh, mid fives as the posted And I think that's Canadians are going to get accustomed to paying these new type of rates within the market. You know, I talked to my dad all the time. He goes, you know, he always jokes around. Yeah, you guys don't know what interest <laughs> rates are. When when we had our mortgages, they were paying 18% back in yeah. the days. I know that yeah. things have changed. But, you know, from his perspective, he still looks at it as a very cheap number because if you were used to back Compared in the day, back, paying, then. back then, Correct. paying those kind of interest rates, you know, you're, you're still paying very cheap. So then on the fixed side of things, what's the rate running on the fixed side? So again, you're looking, uh, you know, best three, four year rates. You're looking at or in and around the 5% mark, five or just over 5%. Yep. Uh, five year fixed insurable, uh, you know, mid four and a half, uh, 4%, like 454, 459%. But that's insurable. So less than 20% down, less than a million dollar purchase price. Uh, those are still very aggressive. It's more when you get to the conventional where it's not as aggressive as the, as the high ratio uh, rates currently. What's the current average mortgage that a Canadian is taking on today, uh, Tom? Would you would you happen to know what kind of that approximate Acro- number? Yeah, across cross, can- cross Canada be difficult. I know, for example, Southern Ontario. You know, if I just look back at my numbers, I'd probably say my average mortgage, again, average is close to a million dollars. It's close to a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I bought my first house back in two thousand and four, uh, and I ended up paying I think close to four hundred thousand for. And then I, I, uh, I think I took on a three hundred thousand dollars mortgage. I'm like, wow, that's high. <laughs> that was expensive, yeah, was, right? Yeah, and I'm like, not, yeah, you know, exactly. now you compare it to what the average Canadian is taking out or, or Ontarian is taking out. Uh, the numbers increase quite a bit. The numbers increase quite a bit, and you know, when you're paying those high interest rates today, it could get worrisome. And a lot of that's why a lot of my recommendations are today, especially, you know, who I feel sorry for the most right now are the ones that are affecting young Canadians. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that I think are feeling the biggest pinch here due to the cost of interest rates rising and the cost of the housing market that is fully increased today. I got young staff, millennials um, that I kind of really talk to all the time and preach, young family members and friends. And my advice to them is always really try to get into the market as soon as you can. Because if we look at real estate in a home in five years, 10 mm-hmm. years, 20 years from now, it ain't going to get any cheaper. No. No, and it comes back. I mean, if you look in, in history, there's 
moments where there's a big push in the real estate, but it always comes back to to previous highs, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I mean, and real estate is cyclical, just like any other uh, type of economy. With prices increases and with interest rate increases, uh, you know, we've seen over the past year where rentals has gone up in, in price, right? And to your point regarding, uh, you know, younger, this younger generation trying to get into the market, you know, how are they going to save money for a down payment if they're overpaying on rent on a monthly basis, right? For example, Correct. you know, at one time they were probably paying $2,000 a month on a condo downtown Toronto for rent. Now they're $25, $2,600. You know, I've heard numbers, you know, where they're paying, you know, 30, 40% more than what it was, uh, you know, two or three years ago, right? Well, basement apartments in Vaughan right now are hitting $2,000, $2,100 a month. And that's for a basement apartment. Mm-hmm. And that's for a detached household, maybe about, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. Uh, rental basements are, mm-hmm. are generating $2,000 a month. So, like you said, the average mortgage is a million dollars. And to that point, a lot of people that are buying the single detached homes or even semis, you know, they're converting their basements into into apartments because yeah. they need that assistance. Yeah. House hacking with the is a great payments, strategy right? today. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed about, and, and I think it's essential, mm-hmm. especially for young, uh, inspiring people that want to have that dream of owning a home one day. And yeah, I believe home ownership should start as early as possible. There are ways to get creative. Uh, yep. finding even partners that can help you through the process to help build your wealth through that yep. process on it. And and those that have earned it, I don't see the real estate market in the next little while dipping down at price points unless we get these really big bank hikes. And I don't think that's going to happen. No. I think you're going to create more pandemonium. You're going to yep. create so much havoc within the real estate market. And, you know, well, even with these increased rates, Nick, uh, you know, I read, you know, I see posts, I read all the time that, that there's lack of supply, right? For lack of a better term, it's a seller's market because there is, there are so few listings out there and, you know, people are competing for, you know, a handful of homes in any particular uh, neighborhood and it's driving up the prices again and it's not stopping people from buying, you know, homes. I don't know how, how long do you see homes sitting on the market uh, in, uh, you know, let's take take on for example, yeah, or Toronto. Yeah, under one point five million dollars, they're gone pretty quick. Yeah, right. And then once you hit, you know, one point five to two and a half, uh, you know, they're still only lasting, yeah. you know, fifteen days, which is the average days on market. But I'm going to be waiting for the next uh, index report from the Toronto MLS system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be coming out with their market wa- market watch report. I think it comes out every sixth of the month. Good things to take. So that came out today. Oh, so today, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like to see that report. And yeah. I guarantee you. We're going to see, we'll probably see another further increase in values. I think from January till now, from last month, it increased by about 17%. I won't be surprised if you see another 3% hike in the market right now on values. Yeah. And I think we are probably back to now, I would say, easily last year's pricing. Again, yeah. Right? At I, this time of year. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I, I think even uh, given that we've had these high interest rates for the, you know, for the past, you know, I want to say nine to 12 months, it's sort of... It's ingrained in people now when yeah. they're putting offers on homes or they're looking at homes. They already know the expectation is that they're going to be paying a higher interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's definitely a vote of confidence in the real estate market if people are still willing to have multiple offers on a property, knowing that, you know, when they have to close that, you know, they're going to be at a higher interest rate uh, as opposed to they were, you know, two years ago uh, when we're going through the pandemic, right? So people are prepared to pay that that higher monthly mortgage cost, uh, you know, getting into these transactions. I feel that there's a third of Canadians right now that are very anxious about their current financial situation. 
the lower income earners, those who experience, uh, you know, uh, employment change due to uh, COVID and those carrying, uh, you know, higher non-mortgage debt are amongst those feeling the most anxious right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel that anxiousness, you can see it in the market when I'm dealing with the public, when I'm dealing with clients every single day, there is still that uncertainty. There is that anxiousness where people do want to get into the market, but they don't because they have just, they don't want to carry on all that stress yeah. and it weighs out on them. Makes you know sense I mean? for sure. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, it's an added pressure to make a monthly mortgage payment. Uh, you know, if they're just making rent payments right now, it's easier to sort of move from one rental to another than it is to get into a house and then realize, you know, six months down the road that maybe you've bitten off too much uh, that you can chew and wanting to go through the process of selling it and then moving out again. So it, it is definitely um, more feasible if you're not ready to make a, you know, the long-term home ownership commitment to stay in the rental market. But again, I know we've had this discussion in the past, you know, I'm a strong supporter of buying pre-construction, whether it's a condo yeah, or even, been even just of, to yeah. get into the market, right? I get it. Uh, and, you know, and that's good. Because it gives you a two or three year window while the project is, is sort of getting out of the ground and being constructed for you to, you know, save a little bit more money and get into a project where it's a price point where, uh, you know, to make a, say a 20% down payment today, it's much easier to spread that across, you know, two or three years and then move into it uh, uh, two or three years down the road. It's always a, a great first step into into home ownership. Yeah. The consumer index report, which I have in front of me right now, actually stipulates that one in 10 Canadians with non-mortgage debt are deferring their debt payments, which I think is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and what people have to understand is that if you keep deferring those payments and you keep paying those high interest rates, especially on your MasterCards and your visas at 18 percent, it's just going to kind of bring you down and continue to bring you down that dark hole. Because once you start paying interest and you can continue making these MasterCard companies the money and the banks uh, further, that's where they make their big money. They are operating as a full business. And what we're seeing is that majority of people just to survive right now just every month keep deferring that payment, keep deferring that debt. And I think that's becoming a real bigger problem in regards to interest rates right now, right? Yeah, and, and I think uh, I think a lot of the banks and a lot of these financial um, providers like the Visas and the MasterCards, American, they made it very easy during COVID, you know, just to dial up a number and, and say, hey, can I defer X amount of payments over the next couple of months? Uh, you know, I'm having difficulty making payments. Right. So it was easy for them to sort of take on that conversation and have clients call in. I think sometimes people might be abusing it. Yes. Uh, but again, everyone's situation is different, right? Uh, things that you can't budget for when they come up, you know, maybe you do need that extra leeway in terms of making that monthly payment to whether it's a visa or a, a MasterCard. It's up. I mean, we're going through some, I don't want to say difficult times, but it, with the cost of, uh, of living where it is, it, it's tough for a lot of Canadians, for sure. They say here, how Canadians are managing their debt. And it says 33% of Canadians are paying much more than the minimum payment. So that's 33% of Canadians. The other 33% are paying a bit more than their minimum payments. Okay. 24% are paying minimum required payments only. 6% are unable to keep up with a minimum payment but are not deferring. And another 5% are deferring their debt payments itself. So, you know, if you look at the big scheme of things, population-wise, it's not all that bad. No. It's, it's still pretty good. I like the part where you got a big chunk of it that are paying much more than their and minimum, minimum payment, payment right now. 
because you want to try to bring down that debt as much as possible. Consumer because debt for sure. If we can get young, inspiring millennials to want to really start investing in, and that's why I'm speaking to the young people that are looking to want to get into home ownership, you need to start saving now. And that's the message here. And that's what this message is about. And that's what this podcast is about today is making people aware that having all that debt and paying the, all those high interest will just further set you back. So try to burn as much as you can down. Make more than that minimum payment yep. if you can. Get yourself out of that. Continue to save money. There's what's called a first-time home. Uh, home. Uh, the government just uh, announced this as well. It's like a TFSA or RSP. Yep. It's a first-time uh, home buyer's a savings account. Savings account, right. And basically, you, you're able to contribute, I believe, up to $8,000 a year, which is not much. It's not mm -hmm. a lot of money. It takes you 10 years to save up 80000 bucks. <laughs> But if you made or earned money using that money and you pulled it out to purchase a home, that would be tax-free. Correct. Right. Correct. So that is something that young Canadians, and look at the camera and say this here, it is an option for you. If you're a first-time home buyer and you're looking to save right now, the best option for you today is open up a first-time home buyer's account. This will allow you to put inside up to $8,000 of tax-free savings money. And if you made money and earned money in that account, whether through a stock within the stock market itself, and you've earned some money on that, that money that you earned, if you bought a home using that money within that account, it is tax-free. Now speak to your accountant. I'm going to have the accounts on the show, I think, next week. It's a good question. We can ask them how to really kind of take the full benefits of that. But that is an option. And that, that is something yeah, so that similar do. to a TFSA where you can use it toward the first time home purchase yeah. and it doesn't count as a, a capital gain sure on any on any type of increase in, in the asset that you purchased in within the, the account. Yes. And then you also have the, the RSP tool as well, right? Where you can draw from your RSP as a first time home buyer. Yeah. So listen, Tom, this was great having you on the show. Uh, I appreciate you coming oh, always out. Always a pleasure. Thanks you, for having you, me. You've made a great effort uh, in, in sharing your knowledge. If anybody's in need of getting some financing or getting creative to look for some options, I think you are a good uh, go-to guy. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and glad to have you part of the team. But thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn, your house will be gone. Theopteam.com.